Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of um, Robinson Ralph having a natter. Robinson Ralph having a natter. It really is incredibly engaging. <laughs> with with me today, I'm Simon Robinson, by the way, is David Silito. Hello, I am David Silito. And Imogen Templeman. Hello. Yep. Hello. <laughs> so um, we've had a couple of weeks off, haven't we? What have we been up to, Imogen? You've got some big news oh, to yeah. share with our audience. Some really big news. Yeah. I recently got a puppy. Excellent. And what's the puppy called? Oscar. Ooh. What sort of puppy is he? He is a Cavapoo, a King Charles Spaniel crossword poodle. Excellent. And he lives with you and your boyfriend. Yes. Elliot. Yes. 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 And have you toilet trained him yet? My boyfriend or the dog. <laughs> what a curious question to ask. Why on earth did you ask that? Have you trained either of them yet? Still a work in progress for one, but the puppy's doing really well. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> Excellent. And um, he's only a couple of weeks old now, is he? Yeah, he's um, nine weeks old. And does he cry to get out at night? No, he loves his sleep. Does he? Okay. What about the dog? <laughs> 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 Um, so we have, for those of you who haven't guessed, we've been having hilarious bouts with Imogen where she says something about the dog, like the dog, the um, dogs, can't, you can't, I can't take him out for a walk yet. And we then pretend that we think she needs a boyfriend and go, what about the dog? It is she, hilarious. She loves it, don't you, Imogen? Yes, absolutely. Great. Yeah. So that's it. That's the, that's the level of enthusiasm uh, for our Have you been anything exciting? Uh, uh, yes. Hmm? Uh, so I've been to <laughs> I've been to Stuart Lee, a oh, comedian. I went to see Stuart. Lee. I know. I spoke to you. Well, there. actually, I was a few rows back. Yeah. So I found it quite distracting actually because I went to watch Stuart Lee, but but I couldn't take my eyes off you. Of course not. And then the whole performance. And uh, Sorry, that made your performance. My performance. Why because... did you insist on doing that dance? Yeah. <laughs> so and did I have to be naked? The police asked. <laughs> But no, Stuart Lee got me involved in the in the show, didn't he? Mm. Stuart Lee got me to say a line, and I said yeah. the line, and I got a laugh. Yeah. Very pleased I was with myself. <laughs> and then we went to see um, Ralph Little's podcast, and then we've been to Man United. Mm. So it's been actually, it's actually been, yeah, pretty busy since last time we were here. What about you, Dave? What excitement have you been up to? Absolutely zero excitement. Um, no. But I did, uh, I'm planning this weekend to go to the tip and buy a lawnmower. So what has my life become? I remember many years ago treating with absolute contempt a colleague who told me that they spent their weekend looking for sheds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I am now that person. Well, it's funny you should mention that because we need a shed, you know, for like the side of the house. Right, yeah. Um, and that's the anecdote. <laughs> right, okay. right. It was funny I should say that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was really good. Hilarious. It was really good. Have you any shed-based stories or anything to do with sheds i do have a shed but i don't really have any shed drama what'd you put in the shed i think there's some paint in there okay so that's like three i think there's some paint in shared there. stories put it in there mm, yeah i think it might fit in there what about the dog <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> so anyway, so let's talk about this employment <laughs> tribunal case. And this is a case of Alan v. Primark. Hmm. 
I was expecting a bit more of a reaction than that, but um, I don't know why. Ooh. Yeah, well, that's how he's mocking eye. So, right, so there's a case where the EAT confirmed that the comparison pool for an indirect discrimination claim must be constructed by accurate reference to the pre precise provision criterion or practice pleaded by the claimant. And um, we, we employment solicitors uh, abbreviate provision criterion and practice to what three letters? PCP. Yes, oh, I thought it was uh, ABC. So right, so in them in the case of Alan B. Primark, which I assume exists and is not, you know, Primark stores, yeah, yeah, it's not somebody's dream. Um, Miss Miss Allen, because what the point I was making there, sorry, was because you were suggesting that we, mm. okay, yeah, but if we, I mean, who who knows? I mean, if we don't exist, Primark presumably doesn't exist either. Oof. Which makes me wonder. Is that, is that even worse? It makes, me, it makes me wonder what the point of this whole podcast is. Not only is the world potentially deprived of you, but it's deprived of Primark. Even more so, it's deprived of you and your shed-based anecdotes. <laughs> so, and, and Imogen's relentless and unabated enthusiasm for these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, so in this case, um, Ms. Allen worked as a department manager. Uh, who who uh, requested flexible working for childcare reasons? That seems pretty reasonable. To mm, me. Yeah. Anyway, Primark considered a request and offered uh, some uh, accommodation. I don't think by accommodation they mean they don't they didn't like give her a room, no, or a house or something. Yeah. Um, but they refused to agree that she would not have to work uh, late shifts on a, on a, on Thursdays. Mm. So, so there's that. So anyway, so she brought a claim for indirect sex discrimination and said that Primark applied a PCP. Um, that department managers had to guarantee their availability to work Thursday late shifts, that this PCP put women at a disadvantage because of childcare responsibilities, and that she personally had been put at this disadvantage. So that was a well-put argument, I think. Yeah. Anyway, to assess the discriminatory aspect of the PCP, the Employment Tribunal, or the ET, yeah. um, and obviously the lead character, human in ET, was Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> what a link. Yeah, like... Uh, it's all been building to this moment. Yeah, like Imogen's boyfriend. And I don't think, I think just for the sake of the audience, is your boyfriend the Elliot from E.T.? Yeah. Wow. Wow. There you isn't go. Isn't he about 60 now? Yeah, isn't he about 60? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not judging, obviously. Yeah. Love's love. Anyway, the employment <laughs> tribunal uh, used, used a comparison pool which included all department managers in the berry store, where presumably she um, she worked, um, who might be asked to work, because otherwise it would be pointless, mm. um, who might be asked to work Thursday eight shifts. That encompassed two men and one woman, the one woman being the claimant, and therefore did not put women at a particular disadvantage. The tribunal therefore rejected the claims who she appealed to the to the EAT, or the Employment Appeals Tribunal, mm. um, as it likes to be known on um, EAT, not the sandwich place. And if you are ever lost in London, yeah. late for a hearing at the Employment Appeal Tribunal, yeah. It's really unfortunate that when you put it into maps, yeah, you just get taken to a lot of sandwich shops. Yeah, and it's not a good reason, according to the judge, no. to turn up late. The fact that you had to eat seven sausage sandwiches to eat them because you went to the wrong shop to go here now. Have to eat a sausage yeah, well, sandwich. I mean, they did point that out. But I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and full. <laughs> Okay, so the, the, the EIT upheld um, the appeal and found that the PCP, which Ms. Allen had identified, was not simply being asked to work Thursday late shifts. Oh, no, ladies and gentlemen. It, it was that she was being required to guarantee her availability to do so. Mm. I mean, the two men were not subject to this availability requirement and therefore were in a materially different situation 
to Ms. Allen. Mm -hmm. And the case was remitted for a rehearing. Now, Imogen, what does this case show? Please tell us. This case shows that when considering risk, employers will need to be careful about any policy that impacts on female employees' ability to provide childcare, um, because tribunals regularly apply the concept of the childcare disparity, which recognises that women are more likely to be primarily responsible for childcare, and therefore any flexible hours requirement where the employee must provide flexibility at the behest of the employer is likely to be indirectly discriminatory and require justification. Um, that's brilliant, especially because it's just off the top of your head. <laughs> so um, excellent, excellent analysis. Yeah. And um, yeah, Very interesting case. Well, it's a case. It's a case. And it's a case yeah. that's interesting from an employment point of view, but factually, it's not. Um, yeah, you know, and it's been it's been remitted, so it doesn't necessarily um, follow that just because she won her appeal, she will ultimately succeed with her claim. No, I suppose Primark may well be able to justify the the requirement. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We'll so, see. so that was that that's that's the case, isn't it? Um that we talked about. Um anything yeah. else? Um no, I don't think so. No? Okay, well I'm not really sure that was worth the three week delay, but well, uh, others may disagree. Yeah, it's probably not. Like, so. Um there we go. <laughs> so thank you all for or both um for tuning in and um uh, we shall see you next time on another edition of Robinson Ralph's Having a Natter. Bye. Bye. Bye.